It is Zonka coming through with the days we spent to get a beautiful uh, track for this uh, Sunday morning. I hope you are enjoying yourself, waking up nice and slowly to some beautiful Jet Set uh, tracks. It is uh, the Jet Set Breakfast with myself, Bridget Masinga. And now uh, we're going to look at uh, a thought leaders and storytellers insert as we catch up with Kimelwe Sibula, who is a PhD candidate out at Rhodes University's Center for for biological control um, and she's a woman way smarter than me and knows far more than I ever would uh, about this particular topic. Uh, Kinelo, good morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Bridget. I'm well, thank you. And yourself? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, waking up on this rather overcast Sunday morning and I'm having a look at uh, pictures of you, of, of your work and in every single picture you are knee-deep in some kind of water, <laughs> covered by some kind of plant species. <laughs> Definitely uh, better suited, I think, for you, this line of work, because uh, I couldn't make heads or tails out of it. I think before we even get into it, let us know what exactly do you guys out at the Center for Biological Control at Rhodes University uh, endeavor to do? What, what does the center, um, you know, partake in? So basically, we are what you call biocontrollers. So when you have invasive plants that other people intentionally bring into the country, okay. or unintentionally so, so if you have um, crates that are coming into the country that are import, mm -hmm. and they might carry sort of seeds with uh, plants into the country, mm -hmm. and those take root, and actually those plants kind of overtake mm -hmm. our indigenous plants. Okay. So what you see on those pictures where I'm knee-deep in water, mm -hmm. there I'm at Sport Dam, mm -hmm. and the plant that's covering the dam is called water hyacinth. Yes. It's also an invasive. Mm -hmm. It comes from the Amazon basin, okay. so it's not indigenous to South Africa. Okay. So what we do as biocontrollers is go back to its region of origin mm -hmm. and try and find out what feeds on it. Mm -hmm. So that, because where it is from, it's not covering their dams like it's covering ours. Uh -huh. Sometimes it does mm. when there is a change in the water quality. Okay. But usually there's something that keeps it under control. Yes, yes. And that's when we go overseas or wherever it is from mm. to go and find out what feeds on it, mm. specifically on it, mm -hmm. so that it doesn't feed on anything else in our country. So we bring back those insects mm. um, and then we test them out. We put them in quarantine mm. and then we test them out. And even to um, plants that are indigenous that are similar yes. to that invasive plant, so that we know for sure that once they're done eating mm. their main source, they won't go and eat something else. I got you. I got you. So a few years ago, I remember, uh, you know, coming across this insert. I, I think it could have even been on like a carte blanche or something where they were talking about this uh, hyacinth that's taken over Hartapia Sport Dam. Uh, and of course, you know, if you don't live in the region and you just drive to Hartis or past Hartis on your way to Sun City, you kind of don't even notice, you know, what the big deal is. So what what is the big deal about all of this hyacinth now taking over Hartapia Sport Dam? So it basically restricts water use. Okay. So we like pristine natural sources. The reason why you buy around Hartavir Dam is because you want to use the water. You want to wake up and see this beautiful water. Mm. Nature kind of inspires people and they're willing to pay a premium for it. Mm -hmm. um, so driving past 
you see this. It looks like a lawn mm. from mm. afar on top of the water. Yes. So imagine you want to use a boat. Mm-hmm. You can't actually use a boat because water hyacinth forms these very dense nets okay. where you can't actually navigate through the water. Uh-huh. So the fishermen can't go there and enjoy some fishing time. The sunset cruises, which most people love, Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. And Artis is a um, tourism mecca. Yes. So they make their money from the daily guys that come through and say, you and I that don't live there, we come through and we pay, you know, golf uh, and we actually get to use some of the resources around the dam or actually go on the dam. Yes, yes. Okay, no, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Uh, Kinole is uh, joining me on the line. She's a PhD a candidate out at Rose University Center for Biological Control. And obviously, this is not just about aesthetics as well, right, Kinole? Because as you're talking, um, this high, particular hyacinth is not an indigenous species of South Africa. So it must have some kind of invasive, corrosive environmental effects as well that, that causes some kind of rippling uh, chain effects, right? Yeah. So it sits, because it floats, mm. it literally blocks out the sun okay. from anything underneath. So you would usually have indigenous plants, which we call submerged, that mm. are growing under the water. Mm-hmm. And it keeps the water uh, biodiversity in great shape. The fish feed on it. Mm. So with a uh, water hyacinth blocking out the sunlight, then you lose those plants, mm. which the little fish feed on. And then, you know, there's a chain effect yes. always with the food chain, right? So then now you're getting uh, fish that are actually not necessarily indigenous mm. to Artis or South Africa that were introduced to survive in that kind of dirty water. Mm. Yeah. So okay. you'll get, um, yeah, so you'll get carp. Uh, instead of getting the smaller tilapias, which we love in South Africa, you're getting carp. You're getting barbel, mm. and those you don't necessarily want in your water system because they could survive into it. I got you. I got you. Uh, we're just losing some of your phone quality there. Your your voice is just fading a little bit. Uh, I don't know okay. if it's just a, there we go. I've probably yeah. just changed position a little bit. Um, now, tell, tell us in terms of the bugs that you've now introduced uh, to come and control this, this water hyacinth because you've put in almost like a bug infestation into the water and these are hyacinth feeding bugs. Yeah, Megamelis putillaris. Okay. It's a little plant hopper that has done very good and survived very well in the past three years. So we introduced it from 2018, mm-hmm. um, at the end of 2018, and we did a, a release every week okay. so that we can inundate the system with these bugs so that they build up the population and they start munching on this mm. uh, plant and clear it out. So what they do is they feed on the stalks and they poke holes in it as they feed. Okay. So then water goes into the plant Mm-hmm. And it's like a little sponge, and then it sinks, sinks to the bottom. And uh-huh. that's what you want. You want a natural process where you don't herbicide, where usually when you herbicide, the, the format of water hyphens mm. would collapse, mm-hmm. and then there would be severe decay. So what you want is a natural process where it takes a couple of days, even weeks, mm-hmm. for this plant to eventually get water lost and sink to the bottom. Aha, uh-huh, I see. And then, uh, so these bugs, is it something that you were talking about in 2018? You, you introduced them weekly, weekly. Do you then introduce them to a certain point um, in order to also control their, their, their sort of, I guess, species spread? Or, you know, is it something that you have to do annually? 
keep checking on I, I just infestation I don't even know the words for for you for, <laughs> for for the kind of work that you do but what's the process of sort of I guess monitoring the bugs and 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 uh, you know and ensuring that the bugs continue to still be there and continue to still generate so that they can do what they need to do okay so I do a yearly release okay so in the warmer months Okay. Because it's from the Amazon Basin, mm-hmm. they don't survive the high salt winters. Oh. Right? So when it gets very cold, sub-zero temperatures, those insects do not survive. So that's why we have to reintroduce them to uh-huh. the system annually, right? Uh-huh. But what we have going now is getting the community around the dam mm. to mass rear these insects for us. Okay. So what they need is a tub, a big tub, or even those big wire pools, mm-hmm. you fill it with water, we put in the plant, mm-hmm. and we release insects there so that they multiply. Uh-huh. And when it gets to the warmer months, you just suck them up mm-hmm. with something called a puta, mm-hmm. and then you release them on the dam. I see. But sure, yeah. But when it comes to winter again, they die off. But I do a monthly monitoring of the numbers of insects that are there, yes. and I can kind of estimate... Um, when it should clear. Okay. Okay. All right. So if you've got a a, a Hardy's Dam side property, like probably a lot of our listeners do have, um, then you might just be making a visit during the summer months to say, hey, let's harvest some bugs. Um, and let's all get involved in this process. Oh, I think we've lost Kinero, but... Uh, no, I'm still oh, here. Oh, you're still here. You're still here. You're still here. Oh, great. So, Kinero, when I get my property um, in, in Hearties, inshallah, God willing, I feel as if you, myself, and the hyacinth eating bugs are going to be the best of friends. I would love that because, you know, at some point my PhD ends. Yes. And the community have to take over. Yes. For any solution to work, the community must have a buy-in. Mm. You must have their buy-in and must be convinced that it actually works. Yes, yes. And I mean, and I guess the, the proof is in the pudding. And uh, if, if yourself and your team keep saying that you are seeing results and the, and the folks out at Hearties are clearly seeing results, then it is working. Um, I love it. And uh, thank you for educating me and for schooling me because, like I said, if you don't live in the area and you're not affected by something particularly firsthand, uh, you know, you kind of don't know the negatives or the positives of the situation. Um, so the bugs are back. Thank you so much, Kinero, for, for joining me this morning. The bugs are back out at Hartipur's uh, Port Dam. And uh, if you have a property there, uh, you, you did hear Kinero saying that uh, she's uh, wanting the community to get involved so that everybody can actually farm and harvest these bugs during the summer months and release them into uh, the riverbeds or the dam beds so that they can keep these hyacinth uh, plants under control. We live and we learn. That was uh, thought leaders and uh, storytellers bringing us to 528. Eight o'clock. Uluyanda standing by with the eight o'clock news, but we've got time for just one big fat juicy.